specifically in the crystal industry, I think it is the most frustrating because you are making money off of serious issues in people's lives. Like, I just think that is so wrong to blatantly lie to people. Hey guys, welcome to this super special episode of Arcane Dames. We have a very special guest. We have Gabby of Virgo Vibes here with us today. Hello. Yes. <laughs> Gabby is an artist and a spiritual creator. She makes spell jars and candles and really, really cool stuff. And we are super excited to talk with her today, specifically about crystals, yes. which is a topic we haven't addressed on the podcast yet, but have really been wanting to yes talk about. But before we get into that, I'm hoping you can just tell us what got you into spirituality and like what makes you so passionate about it. Oh my god, okay. So I I could literally go on for hours, but actually back in the day, a few years ago, I had on a whim moved out to Boston, Massachusetts. And as we all know, Boston's very close to Salem. I love Salem. Salem's the fucking best. Like the best. And I was going to Cosmo school out there to do hair and makeup and everything. And I was going through a really rough time because I had honestly just gotten out of this really toxic relationship and I just felt really, really lost. And I always was like super into witchy stuff, you know, just like the facade of it. So I was like, I want to go to Salem. And then I found this crystal shop in Salem. It's still to this day my favorite. We actually like get stuff from them too for our store. It's Village Silversmith, isn't it? Yes. And the, (laughs) the first crystal I'd ever gotten was this really beautiful Labradorite chunk. It was like the first thing I was ever attracted to. And I just started kind of researching it a little bit and just realized like, wow, this is really cool. And this is making me feel a type of way, you know, it's interesting. So I started kind of looking into the law of attraction and just crystals with their metaphysical properties. And like, I met a few people out there too, that were into that. I thought that was super cool. So honestly, like it was a huge part of my healing journey when I was out there. Mm -hmm. Because it really was like the most transitional time in my life living out there. And it really made such a big difference. Diving into my spiritual side was like such a huge thing for me. And even at the time, I really wasn't that far into it. But when I had moved back to upstate New York a year later, I started working at a a crystal shop that was very heavily based around metaphysics. And I got this reading with a psychic medium and she was absolutely incredible, like so spot on. She kind of opened me up to like telling me, first of all, you're an empath. That's why you have so much anxiety. Second of all, you have psychic abilities that you need to tap into. And I was like, well, how how do I even, what? (laughs) I was like, how do I do that? But I just thought it was so interesting. And from then on, it became like one of the most crucial parts of my self-care like to this mm. day. It's just like helped my mental health so heavily. Right. Um, so that's kind of like the introduction of how I got started, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that too. I love how like, if you ask anybody how they got into spirituality, they're like, well, I was having a really bad time. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, always. And I always like to tell people because especially with my business, Virgo Vibes, my my tagline is let's get witchy. Mm. And I feel like a lot of people take that the wrong way of like, oh my God, she does witchcraft, which like, yes, I do. Mm. But I think the biggest thing about it that I try to kind of radiate is that it's not necessarily like this scary thing. Like it's genuinely self-care. Like most of the time I'm meditating, giving myself positive affirmations. Yes, there are people out there that practice it maybe in kind of like unethical ways. I'm not going to discredit those people that there are people out there. But for me, like I don't believe in practicing it in a way that's going to affect anyone else negatively. Like it's all about growth and just, you know, abundance and positivity for myself and for the people I love. So I don't know. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely been called a witch as an insult before. <laughs> oh my god. And it's so weird because I mean, I started my spiritual journey from a very Wiccan perspective, so it mm. was all love and light. And even though I don't align with that anymore, I still have really positive views on it. Yeah. So it's it's such a I guess you could call it a culture shock to me when I realize mm. that some people think it's evil. Yeah. Because to me, it's this pure, like, good thing. Yeah. And then there's people who are terrified of it. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like, I I have met people that I was like, oh, you don't practice for the right reasons. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're, granted, have I carved someone's name in the side of a protection candle and lit it? Yes. But that's for my spiritual protection. Like, not to... Yeah, and that's not, like... <laughs> That's not baneful. That's literally just... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's been, I think, the funniest experience for me because Virgo Vibes, this is... It's really, like, my coming out story because not a lot of people knew, like, what I practiced. Like, a lot of my friends are not in the metaphysical world. They don't... You know, crystals are just rocks, which is fine. Like, (laughs) crystals can just be rocks, but they're fun. Yes. But, like, for me... It's such a huge part of my life and I love them and going to vending events and having my items or my products out, like specifically the spell jars, it is so funny to watch people pick up my spell jars at vending events and be like, especially when it's their kids and they're like, oh my God, honey, put that down. Like that's it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like if you knew there's a little affirmation mm-hmm. on a piece of paper that I hand wrote on each one, they're all super positive. Like, right. you know, especially the self-love ones, the affirmations are, I am strong. I am beautiful. I am loved. Like mm-hmm. that's the most like, how is that evil? I know the yeah. most innocent intentions and also yeah. just like uplifting, but I, un- I can understand from that perspective how it can be like, oh, let's get witchy. Like, what? You know, how it can be a little intimidating. But, yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> I love it. How would you define being a witch? How would you encapsulate it in a way where that would make people understand it better? If you could. Oh, man, that's a good one. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, shoot. Because we just recently started talking about that on the podcast, which Alyssa has said herself, like, I don't really call myself a witch. Yeah. Right. So I'm just curious what your relationship is to it and how you view it. I started calling myself, like, your favorite local witch, you know? Yeah. And I, I guess I don't take it as too serious of a term. Right. 
because I feel like Love it's that. such a label mm-hmm. and everybody's different, especially if I were to say, because I have said this before in the past too, like I'm a Wiccan, I am a witch, you know, and been very like solid with that. Mm-hmm. And with that comes the, like the thought of, well, you need to be on top of your shit at all times. Mm-hmm. Like you need to do ritual this night and be on top of the full moon and da da da, you know, and to me, that's what people think of when they think like, oh, she's a witch. Like, she's really intense about it and this and that. And for me, it's like, no, no, no. I slack off. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. lie. I read my tarot when, you know, I feel like I need some guidance, which isn't every night. I used to do that. And that was that was unhealthy for me. Mm-hmm. Took my cards a little too literally rather than looking for that type of guidance. But I don't know. I just, I think like, yeah, I'll call myself the local witch, but... It's more of a quirky, like, I'm a local witch. Like, yeah, I do witchcraft, but I'm not like, oh, she's a witch. She's about to put a hex on you. Because I feel like that is the stereotype of don't mess with her because she's a witch and she could ruin your life. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want people to view me in that way, you Mm -hmm. know? So I feel like it's kind of, in a way, like a controversial, you know, in a sense. I hope that makes sense. But yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know if I should say this, but fuck it, full send. (laughs) Yes. Spill the tea, Mel. (laughs) I have this ex that wouldn't let me, like, be around her when she brushed her hair or and stuff like that because she thought I was going to save her hair and use it against her. Oh, wow. Yeah. What? Yeah. (laughs) So people are... I don't even know. Like, like yeah, very, I like, know. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Against or, like, opposed yeah. to the idea that right. witches can exist without trying to destroy your life. Literally. I don't know. Like, like <laughs> it's weird. And, like, you're so right to say that the label witch is so controversial, but it's also, I feel like it evokes really specific things for different people. Right. And because some people are very like, no, like, ah, you're a witch, evil, whatever. (laughs) Other people who identify as witches are so specific about who they are and what it means to be a witch because I don't know there's this duality to it where they're like yeah being a witch is something specific and really wanting to like put those boundaries and borders between them and everyone else yeah Yeah. so I feel like there are a lot of people who are like gatekeepy for lack of a better term about the word witch yes and really want to be able to say you're only a witch if you do x y and z and you're not a real witch if you don't do this that and the other thing Mm -hmm. and I feel like that almost comes from witches feeling very pressured to take on a label and take on an identity with regard to the word witch. When you really like boil it down and something Mel and I have talked about how we both feel about witchcraft Mm -hmm. is that at its base, like witchcraft is just being intentional about your life. So true. And trying to heal and be your best self. Literally. I do agree with that. And I have an interesting view of that. I feel like because I've been practicing for so long. So I've been practicing witchcraft for 10 years. Oh my gosh. And when I started, it was just like, you know, you're a witch. You may or may not be pagan. You may or may not be an Italian folk practitioner. Like whatever. Like it was more cultural labels or generic witch, right? Yeah. In this recent resurgence that we're in, which really I feel like did start in 2020. Mm -hmm. I, I know we talk a lot about TikTok, but like for me, TikTok opened my eyes. I down, I downloaded it in 2020 on the brink of 
COVID shutdowns. Yes. And I was exposed to witch talk for the first time. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't know this was like a trend again. Yeah. And with that, we got these people saying, I'm a hedge witch. I'm a forest witch. I'm a sea witch. I'm a... That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. A kitchen witch. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Eclectic witch. Like, Eclectic, yeah. yeah. I was like, what the fuck does all this mean? I know. Like, it doesn't. So part of me is like, oh my God, you do not have to define it like mm-hmm. that. You can call yourself a witch if you do one spell a year. Mm-hmm. I believe that you're a witch. Absolutely. But, but then there's this side of me, and it goes further than TikTok. Mm-hmm. You could walk into a Spencer's in any mall in America. A and literal five below. Like Five below. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's the Dollar Tree even mm-hmm. now is, like, having witchy supplies, well, right? Well, also, like, pro tip, get your witchy supplies at the Dollar Tree. Yeah. I get a lot of stuff at Dollar Tree. <laughs> yeah. um, Sidebar. So, yeah. <laughs> But with all of this commercialization of it, there is this influx of people calling themselves witches just because they dress a certain way or like incense or like drinking Uh tea. And so there is this fine line where like, I'm not trying to come across as gatekeepy, but fuck, you're not a witch if you don't do anything about it. This is why I hesitated before I said the word gatekeepy and why I said like for lack of a better term because I feel like it's it's a really hard thing to distinguish and for me I think by that I I mean witchcraft can look however because Mm. it really is about what's going on internally versus externally. Right. But because of trends in TikTok and like It being so popular, especially, like, really young people getting into it and just, like, wanting to try it on as a hat, like, whatever, it's very much watered down. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that also leads to a lot of misinformation and the spread of really shitty information and stuff that's really harmful to people. So, so, yeah, that's a difficult thing because people are like, don't be gatekeepy, but it's like... There is a don't, gate to keep. Don't yes, position yourself absolutely. as an expert on something when you're not, and then I won't have to be. Right. Yeah. Well, and that was when you even brought up the word gatekeeping, I instantly got triggered because I was like, but in the best way, because <laughs> I was triggering. like, I can't, I'm, I'm so back and forth. And if I sound hypocritical, just call me out, please. But I hate gatekeepers, but at the same time, I have acted somewhat like one. In my head, I haven't said it out loud, but I noticed myself like, oh, you're bothering me because you're putting on this super, in quotes, high eclipse, um, (laughs) witchy persona Uh and acting like, like I knew somebody, the Chia kids bill right now. An old friend of mine who was, we are no longer friends uh, for good reason. I've felt great ever since. But they would, they did a lot of stuff to kind of like emulate me in a weird way. And I just was like, bro, like, please stop. It was just uncomfortable, uncomfortable. And it was a very toxic friendship to begin with. So like, but she would do that. She would literally act like she knew so much about witchcraft and this and that because she has these witchy tattoos and she would wear spooky clothes. And it really bothered me because I'm like, you know, I'm over here not, I don't want to say working so hard, but at the same time, yeah, working so hard to better myself and really diving deep and trying to learn more and be knowledgeable about this craft. And you're just like 
putting a blanket over yourself saying I'm a witch I'm witchcraft because you it because it's a trend and that that's where it starts to bother me of like okay but you're just doing this because you think it's like two piece signs up so cute right now right. and it's not actually what you believe in mm-hmm. so then when people do see or hear that misinformation or see all these people doing it they don't take it seriously exactly. and they don't look at you like oh you have this faith it, they don't take it seriously as a faith or a belief and that just I don't know. It really bugs me. Same. Ugh. Same. <laughs> like, I could not relate more, and I've been through the same thing, and it's hard. It's a hard line to draw. Mm-hmm. I think with Mel and I both being readers as well, yeah, that yeah. comes up a lot because on one hand, like, yes, I want to encourage people to read, and yes, I want to encourage people to get paid for their work, right. but it, at the same time, like, I hold myself to such a high standard and it's really important to me to have integrity with the work that I'm doing and it's so important to me to know that I'm well studied before I put myself out there as a professional so when somebody isn't that and isn't holding themselves to that standard and wants to also call themselves a professional again I feel like it reflects poorly on me and the work that I do because people are like oh tarot card readers aren't real they don't know what they're talking about and it's like it's not cool it's It's really hard and I mean I'm not gonna go on a whole tangent but that (laughs) I promise I promise but that is happening very widely right now in all creative professions Mm -hmm. that's a Good point. Like you said, there is such a value to people being paid for their labor. Of Mm. course I value that. And of course I also believe in like supporting your friends' business ventures too. But when somebody who's never expressed an interest in the occult posts on their Instagram story that they want you to Venmo them for a reading Mm -hmm. or, you know, like shit like that, it's really tough because – you know that their heart's not in it and you know that they're jumping in for the wrong reasons or maybe it is the right reason deep down, but they're just taking it on way too fast. Yeah. And I feel like, like I say it a lot how long I've been practicing and I I don't say it to come off a certain way or that I'm better than any other practitioner. Mm-hmm. I say it to give the perspective of as someone who has read tarot for 10, go, it's going to be going on 11 years now that we're in 2023. Mm-hmm. I only started charging for readings in 2021. Wow. Because I had such a humble, like... Yes. Yeah, and like, <laughs> and meanwhile, I have one side of people like my bosses at Revive who come to me and they're like, you should raise your prices. You're very modest. Mm-hmm. And then there's my friends that have known me since middle school. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why would I pay you for a reading? You've done it for free for so oh, much long. I hate <laughs> so it's really uh, tough. Yeah. And it's an interesting position to be in. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we know how it is with tarot, but I can't even imagine with crystals because I I know like the Facebook live sale like community cult Mm -hmm. like there's like that like I wouldn't be surprised if there's MLMs with crystals nowadays like and then you're an authentic person who's like sourcing it in a real way and getting undermined oh my tell us tell us I could not relate 
to all of that so much more. Right. Because especially as somebody who focuses heavily on crystal healing, but not in like the capitalist way, right? But like Mm -hmm. in the genuine, like this is how a stone's helped me. This is how it may help you, but choose the stone that you're most attracted to. Because I'm never going to say that you need something specific because da da da, whatever. Anyway, I'm going off track. I have experienced that like multiple times seeing people that I know. And I'm just going to be blatantly honest because here we are. I got a microphone in front of me. Yes. (laughs) I've said it on my TikTok too, because it's so frustrating when, you know, me and especially there's a friend of mine who is absolutely incredible. She is like one of the most genuine, hardworking people on the planet. She's very metaphysical. She's just like has the best energy and she works so hard. She creates products that I've never seen ever in the metaphysical world, in the crystal world. Like she is killing it. She just opened up a storefront and like she is an amazing person. And there's another person in the crystal world that has been kind of taking a lot of inspiration from her and now from me as well. (sighs) but from many small businesses, unfortunately. And it's very frustrating to see just maybe not even directed at this person, but people in general in this industry that are so clearly just in it to make money. And they're not only having these bad intentions, but spreading so much like misinformation because all they're doing is traveling over to Wikipedia and looking up these totally incorrect like explanations of crystals, Mm -hmm. not even just the metaphysical properties, but like when they were found, where they were discovered, how they formed. What it's called. What it's friggin' called. Like, honey, it makes me so irate. And I try to be that person that just lets it roll off my shoulders because I'm like, you know what? You're going to see that no matter what field. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, was in the music field for years and years and years. I saw it there too. I, I'm a certified makeup artist. I did hair. I've seen it in every single field. It happens. But specifically in the crystal industry, I think it is the most frustrating because yeah. you are making money off of serious issues in people's lives. Like I just think that is so wrong to, to blatantly lie to people about certain crystals or certain, I don't know. I don't want to get too heated <laughs> and like pop up on a tangent, but <laughs> I completely understand that aspect of like how frustrating it can be because I'm the type of person that tries to like keep my cool and not say anything about it just you know like they're gonna do what they're gonna do people are gonna see through it or they're not and in due time I fully believe that karma will do its job yeah and if you're going to be misleading and if all you're gonna be focused on is taking everybody else down there's no room for growth there Mm -hmm. there's absolutely no room for growth. And you're not going to grow. You're not going to expand. Like if anything, you're going to plateau or things aren't going to work out for you. Mm -hmm. Like you just can't go. And this kind of relates to really anything in life. Like you can't go into anything really with bad intentions. Like it's not, it's just not going to go well, Mm -hmm. you know, but there's, there's so many people throughout mine and Steve's travels and like we've gone to Tucson and across the country that I've I've met that definitely don't have the right intentions and I, I fully understand being like a businessman or a businesswoman and if you're just selling crystals and like you're genuinely just being like yo this is a soda light this is like these are the inclusions this is like how it formed dope like yeah that's fine if you're trying to hustle and make money i understand because it's a very fulfilling industry but when it comes to playing on the metaphysical side and totally misinforming people that's where it really bothers me because i'm like 
that's just not cool. You just can't, you just can't do that. It can be so manipulative. It can be so Mm -hmm. dangerous. And I just think about like the place that I was when I was getting into spirituality and how Mm -hmm. lost and vulnerable I was and how I would have looked at anybody to tell me what the fuck to do or how the fuck to do it. And I would have given them all my money. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, it's really gross if you really think about it. And I do think that sometimes, you know, maybe if you're not big into spirituality, it's easy to write it off as, oh, if you're like silly enough to be tricked by that, then whatever. But it's like, I like, I don't think you understand people are looking for help. Yeah. And to take advantage of them that way is so gross. It's right. Disgusting. Yeah. Exactly. I don't understand. Like, I just, I, it's hard for me to grasp that kind of mindset. Yeah. Because, like, if anything, I've given crystals out to random strangers, like this <laughs> random side story, but I was on a plane by myself. <laughs> from it was going from New Orleans where my sister lived at the time to Boston. Love New Orleans. Oh, they lived there at my sister's husband, uh, soon to be baby daddy. Ah! Um, is very southern. He looks like Bradley Cooper and he talks like this a little bit. He just has that like slight accent. Ooh. It's like, hey baby, how you doing? I'm like, oh, <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm on this airplane to go home, and there's this girl that says down next to me we still follow each other on instagram but i was so anxious because i was by myself i don't like flying by myself i I get anxious flying in general because like you're high up in the air you're on an airplane you don't know what's going to (laughs) happen and i had crystals with me i had my smoky quartz i had my clear quartz i had some selenite in my pocket just like protective and grounding stones i had this little satchel of crystals right and this girl was very Catholic, in which I grew up Catholic. I Same. got confirmed. I was kind of forced to go to church school. It was absolutely I love the solidarity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right now. All of us. <laughs> and so, like, she walks in. I had my ukulele with me. Mm. And I had put it up in, like, the upper compartment. She walks in. She's got a friggin' guitar with her. Mm. And I'm like, what are the odds that I'm sitting next to this super sweet little girl? She was little. She was probably, like, maybe a year or two younger. But... She sits down and I'm just like trying to focus on, I was drawing a picture of my horse in my sketchbook and Mm. I'm like trying to distract myself and we ended up getting chatting and we were chatting the whole plane ride and when we went to land, it was a spirit flight, so it was like so bad. I've flown spirit, it's horrifying. (laughs) We had so much turbulence and I like was white knuckling the seats and this girl held my hand and talked me through it and told me to breathe, like, in and out, just breathe, we're good. When I tell you, I could not be more grateful that I was sitting next to her because she made the plane ride, A, go by so fast because we talked the whole time, but B, like, she just made me feel so genuinely good. Yeah. And we had talked about crystals and spirituality and everything, and she said she didn't super believe in it, but she thought it was really cool. So when we were, you know, the flight landed and everything, I gave her my satchel of crystals. And she has said, like, oh, I still have them, you know, and it's just so sweet. She follows the puppies Instagram, too. It's, like, amazing. Just such a weird full circle moment of, like, wow, we're two complete strangers that now root for each other, like, across the country. Yeah. It's it's really, really cool. But I love that story. That's so cute. Yeah. Like, you just, I love when that kind of stuff happens. Like, I love gifting people crystals, even if they don't like it. Mm. Usually the reaction is, like, so excited when you tell them what it is and where it's found and just, like, mm-hmm. like this is what it could do for you. It could be protective and grounding, but really just, like, take it as you feel. You enjoy, the rock. Yeah, yeah. enjoy the rock. Yeah. <laughs> no, crystals are cool regardless of if you 
assign anything to them. That's right. Rocks are very cool. (laughs) It's insane. Like, being out in Tucson especially, we met, well, met, Steve's known him forever, my boyfriend Steve, for the listeners, the mine owner of the Rainbow Lattice Sunstone Mine in Australia. It's like Rainbow Lattice Sunstone little fun fact, is one of the rarest materials on the planet. Yeah. And it is, like, one of the most magical, beautiful stones. Like, it has this cool... It's hard to explain it. Cross-hatched, they call it lattice, where it's, like, this really dark inclusion on the inside that when you hit it in just the right light, completely shifts rainbow. Mm. And it's just, like, this sunburst of just rainbows and magic, and I am obsessed with it. But we went out to dinner with him last time we were out in Tucson, and just sitting with him, he was super Australian, like, all right, mate, you know, <laughs> amazing. And he, I learned so much from him within an hour of how these crystals formed uh, than I've ever learned in my life about crystals. Like, it was just the coolest experience. There are some really, really incredible, knowledgeable, and super cool people in the crystal industry. And that's, like, I think what I hang on to the most is that... You know, the fam, the crystal family is a really, really cool family. You know, when you yeah. get the right people in your yeah. circle. But yeah. It really genuinely is. Mm. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Well, I feel like since we've kind of dipped our toe into that a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe we should just talk about what our philosophies around mm. crystals are. Mm-hmm. Like, how do they work? What are they? How do we use them in our practice? I yeah. love it. That kind of thing. Let's yes. do it. Okay, cool. Are you going to yeah. start? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if you, like, walk into a metaphysical shop and you ask, like, what crystals are and how they work, people are going to tell you each crystal has its own vibration. Mm -hmm. And depending on what metaphysical shop and who you get, they'll tell you that they're, like, amazing and life-changing and (laughs) Mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. But basically the idea is that everything has its own vibration because everything is energy Mm -hmm. and crystals have specific vibrations that your energy can interact with to accomplish certain things in your life or heal you or help you in certain ways. So that's kind of like the premise that I got into crystals under Mm -hmm. and started working with them around that and you can do a quick google search like what's a good crystal for intuition what's a good crystal for grounding whatever and and go pick up a crystal and hang out with it so I definitely started on that like very traditional route I think that for me my experiences with different crystals have informed how I feel about them more so than kind of that external information though Mm -hmm. and I think that I guess I don't really know, and this is, you might not be surprised if you listen to the podcast and you know my personality a little bit, like, I don't, I don't fucking know how crystals work. Right. (laughs) I don't know if it's just me assigning an attention to the color and the way that it looks and knowing things about it and then carrying it in my pocket every day and achieving a certain goal, or if there's a vibration that I'm working with. I think it's really different for everyone. I think it's really unique to everyone. But I definitely think that at the end of the day, they're a spiritual tool like spell work, like candle work, like working with herbs, like anything Mm -hmm. else that you can connect with an intention and shift on a subconscious level. Like I will say that I've hung out with Obsidian and gotten 
in my feels hardcore before. Mm. Um, and I know that obsidian is like a really great shadow work stone that is kind of known to bring up some of those darker feelings. So I really resonate with that definition. But there are other stones that have very traditional meanings where I haven't felt that yeah. at all. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. I don't cool. know. What yeah. You guys? That just like immediately made me think of so many things. <laughs> <laughs> Two first things I want to say is one, we talk a lot on the podcast about your responsibility as a spiritual professional and how you become a figure in the community when you declare yourself as that. Mm-hmm. I think it's very responsible and helpful to be like, this works for me, and yet I can't tell you why or how. Mm. I think that is good and honorable and more than okay. Yeah. And I kind of feel the same way. Yeah. I agreed with most, if not all, of what you said. Second thing, like to expand how you feel about them, I also kind of have started to conceptualize crystals as... The same way we think about deities, right? Like, there's so much thought and energy throughout the whole world contributing to what they are and what they represent that I almost feel like they just represent, like, archetypes. Like a collective conscious kind of thing. That's what I I mean, yes. I love that. Yeah, Yeah. and, like, I also – I talk about it a little bit when we get into cards. I feel like maybe I should drive this home more – I'm a big color theory, color magic mm-hmm. person. Me too. So more so than getting hung up on like, I don't fucking know, like red jasper versus garnet. I would almost, when I need red, when I need passion, yeah, sexuality, mm-hmm. revenge. If yes. we're going, if we're going baneful. <laughs> At that point, it doesn't matter if it's a red jasper or a garnet, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's kind of also how what I've adopted adapted (laughs) but at the same time even though i could technically apply that to man-made crystals i'm snobby and i don't like them (laughs) no that's same i think glass and resin little i think they're fugly (laughs) i think they're like i don't even like real crystals that are dyed like i i am just not i'm not into it (laughs) it doesn't and With that being said, I've also opened up space in my heart for literally, like, a rock that I find on the ground. I might have no idea what it is, but if I pick that up and it's special to me, slay. Yeah. Like, if I open, I have a jewelry box that I keep my, like, small crystals in, Mm -hmm. and then just, like, a big bowl that I keep my big ones in, (laughs) unless they're, like, on display in my house. So, like, if I open up those containers... There is stuff in there that I don't know what it is, but it was important to me because of where I found it or whatever. Mm -hmm. So also in that sense, crystals are just talismans to me. Yes. Mm -hmm. Carrying a certain crystal is not really any different than if I felt the need to carry a coffin, an iron coffin nail on me that day. Yes. It's more so just a talisman, a good luck charm, a reminder to ground. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I view it. Awesome. Yeah. That is so funny because lately I've been carrying around in my purse a moonstone, which is supposedly like connects you to your psyche, very much an intuitive stone, right? And the first time for context that I ever went to a casino, Slay. I had a stone with me that was specific for abundance. And guess who lost $350 in 30 minutes? Yep. Yeah, girl, Gibby. Yeah. (laughs) And so 
know. This was recent. This is actually last week. Well, not the first time. But this this thing that happened recently when I had the moonstone. So I went to the Racino in Saratoga. Mm-hmm. And it was for my boyfriend's sister's fiance's long list birthday. And I went in... Like, I, first of all, I don't know what I'm doing ever while I'm there. I just hope for the best. Second of all, like, I went in not expecting anything. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give myself, like, a $20 budget. Yes. Well, I ended up winning, like, 100 bucks off of $20. So I'm like, Ooh. okay. Okay, okay. Like, maybe we'll try one more machine. So I go over next to my boyfriend's cousin. And he's he's so funny. He was like, I just want to know what this thing does. And I was like, oh, let me try, you know? And it was this cute machine that had all these hearts that would light up on it. And if you got, like, four or five in a row, it would give you eight free games. Mm. So I'm like, let me just bet on this one. I accidentally bet $4.50, and his cousin was like, no, 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 like, you're betting four fifty, And I was like, oh, shit, I gave myself a $20 budget. I don't want to, like, you know, waste it all. So the next bet, I do $1.50. I win $280 of a $1.50 bet. That's awesome. And I was like, what? And I was sitting there, like, screaming. I'm like, what is going on? And it's just bing, bing, bing. Like, I keep getting eight more free games, eight more free games, and, like, hitting all the bonuses. And I just was like, you know, you know Steve. He's, like, shaking me. And, like, all hype. and I'm like, babe, I don't know. It's happening. I'm so overstimulated. <laughs> and it's just so funny that I had my moonstone in my my purse, and that was just the stone I needed that day. Yes. Oh, and I it's, love that. It's, like, that's the biggest thing for me, too, because I just launched these intention boxes mm-hmm. that have ethically sourced Palo Santo, I made sure that I got some, got them from someone who ethically sourced them because that's so important to me. But on top of that, I was like, okay, I have to be careful here because I don't want to be saying that like these specific crystals and these intention boxes are what is going to for sure help specific people. Cause like we said, like it's very much personal. Like mm-hmm. everybody has a different experience with different crystals. So for me, it goes back to the color coding thing. Mm-hmm. I always think of the chakras and for mm-hmm. me, especially garnet and carnelian are just such a power duo for artist stones. Mm-hmm. It just, for me specifically, it makes me so inspired and like creative and gets the flow going. So I made a box that's called the Get Creative Box, and it has garnet, carnelian, and I think, yeah, raw citrine, because I feel like citrine is just a very, like, energetic stone. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm just going to put in stones that not only relate to, like, the chakras, but also that I know that I've specifically, like, this is my preference of what I would use, because I feel like that's the biggest question people ask me is like well what do you prefer to use because there's always once again like we said there's the playbook of like well amethyst is supposed to do this and obsidian is supposed to do this and it's like well no because i've also had stones that were supposed to do something and did something completely different for me Mm -hmm. like even the first crystal i ever felt vibrate in my hands was an orthoceras fossil Mm -hmm. like in what world (laughs) i was like holding my sphere that i got from village silversmith Mm -hmm. i was meditating with it and it vibrated and i genuinely thought i was a crazy person Mm -hmm. i was like what just happened (laughs) like this isn't happening right now and it happened to me again recently with oh my god what was it was it like an amethyst and hydro like i don't even know oh yummy (laughs) amazing but it happened on a live show too like we were doing a live show selling crystals and i was like babe this that just like vibrated in my hand ah it's such a cool experience because i never thought that would happen to me i always kind of was a skeptic in in a way of like "Ah, i don't know if that would happen but it did twice so Hmm. 
that's pretty cool. But yeah, it's definitely very personal. And that's, that's just the biggest thing that's so important to me is like not pushing crystals on people saying, well, oh, you want fertility? Like you want a stone for fertility? Take Unakite. Like, yeah, of course I'm going to suggest it because like that's pretty well known as a fertility stone. But right. it's not, I'm not going to tell you like, yeah, it's going to help you get, you're going to get pregnant <laughs> if you put this stone under your pillow. Like that's just not what I believe is like super ethical when it comes mm. to selling crystals. And I'm also such a socially anxious, timid turtle that I'm not good at pushing sales regardless. So right. like, I'm going to be like, this one's really cute. And I do it on our live shows. I'm like, this one looks like a fried pickle. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like people relate to that more than me being like, this is the highest grade crystal and you need this in your life no people are gonna be stoked that their crystal looks like a fried pickle yeah it was five dollars you know Mm -hmm. yep and that's so many connections i've made with customers in that way that like the fried pickle incident was real by the way spirit courts that look like a fried pickle yeah um our our regular like (laughs) our regular yvette has it love her shout out to Yvette. she's wonderful (laughs) (laughs) but we talk about it to this day uh, anytime we go live, our customers always bring it up, but it's just, it's, it can be, it goes back to, it can be really controversial. Yep. Like everybody practices differently. Everybody feels energies differently. Everyone sees crystals in a different perspective. Like it just all depends on what you're attracted to and what you vibe with the yeah. most, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, for sure. I feel like. It gets the muddiest when people try to guarantee that a stone is going to do something for you. And there's a lot of that in people selling stones for metaphysical reasons, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is kind of what you were getting at. Yeah. Is that people will say, like, like you said, like, this stone's going to get you pregnant or this stone. (laughs) First of all, why did I phrase it like that? (laughs) This stone's going to get you stone has big dick energy Um, but like people say wild stuff especially when it comes to physical things which i don't think we've talked about on the podcast but we talk about in our personal lives all the time is it like irks me to my core when metaphysical shops or individuals will sell crystals under the premise that they are going to have some type of physical healing Uh, effect of curing illness or healing a broken leg. Like, I don't know, like I work at a metaphysical just shop and people ask for that all the time too. Yeah. And I always joke like, yeah, let me just take you to our cancer curing section. Like that doesn't exist. We right. don't, that's not like what crystals do or what they're for. Yeah. But to the point of people experiencing different stones differently, I feel like it is so dependent also on the individual because it depends on how open you are to interacting with the energy of a crystal. It depends on like how you're using it, what your expectations are. You know, I think about that a lot with like Moldavite. Mm -hmm. People have such inflammatory ideas about Moldavite. If you're going into buying a Moldavite stone, thinking that it's going to have crazy effects and change your life and you're going to lose friends and have the craziest year of your life. Like, 
maybe some of that stuff will happen. Literally. Is it because of the Moldavite or is it because of the expectations you built up around it? Mm. Manifesting that. Yeah. yeah. Literally. So that's definitely a big part of it. And then I also think it's interesting with situations like what you described with the Moonstone and mm. having it, having like in some roundabout way, like brought you to prosperity when it's not technically a prosperity stone. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times because spirituality is such a subconscious thing that's so abstract in so many ways, we don't always understand what the process is to healing what we're trying to heal or getting to the point that we're trying to get to. A lot of times we're kind of just going along for the ride and things that we do have unintended consequences that end up being good. And we're like, all right, I did that right. Let's like keep going. Yeah. And so I feel like with something like Moonstone that's typically known for like intuition and feminine energy, maybe you were connecting with it on that level, but for some reason for you spiritually or subconsciously that was also connected to abundance. Exactly. And there was some link there that none of us fully understand right. that led to that outcome. Right. And so I think that that maybe like a some level of explanation for why stones can work so differently for different people. Yeah. Even if you are believing very strictly in the energy and the vibrations of stones and stones being for different things, you mm-hmm. still don't know how it's going to work with your energy in your life. Yeah. So true. Yeah. I have mentioned this on the podcast before in a way that was very like glossing over it, but UPG is so relevant when it comes to crystals. Unverified personal gnosis. And that's such a huge part of witchcraft in general, Mm -hmm. especially when we're talking about crystals, herbs, anything that has correspondences. Like people are always eager to get correspondence books and Mm -hmm. manuals, and I never recommend them. And I really don't have any in my own collection because I really believe that you're going to get so much more out of experimenting yourself Mm -hmm. and that that is going to bring you so much more value because the truth is like let's say obsidian rolling with your example from before Mm-hmm. any book you open judy hall's crystal bible whatever it is is gonna tell you like protective mm-hmm. okay maybe for you it's way more grounding maybe for you the color and like the smoothness in your hand makes you feel calm maybe it makes you feel connected to your dark feminine because it's you could get like black obsidian snowflake obsidian or mahogany obsidian, which are all very my personal aesthetic. So like I connect to them in that way and then it makes me feel like a bad emo bitch. Like, right? Like, (laughs) Like there's so much. You can establish your own correspondences. You don't have to read it from a book. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's more ambiguous with crystals than, for example, tarot, because we can circle back tarot to like Pamela Coleman Smith drew this, A.E. Waite interpreted it. Right. That doesn't exist for crystals. Exactly. So it really is a combination and a culmination of this collective consciousness of millions of people's UPG that they've Mm -hmm. passed on through word of mouth and through practice and through ritual. And I think that's beautiful. Like, there's so much folklore there. Yeah. Around the crystal. Which also helped me realize that they're just like a deity archetype. Yeah. Or the spirit of a certain herb. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, going back to like the manifestation thing too, especially when I'm doing ritual personally, 
what I'll do is I'll set up. I always have like my favorite, which is Labrador, right? I have a purple lab in mm. free form. Oh, it's amazing. I had to do a couple live shows to pay that bad boy off. <laughs> and then I set up a few different spheres, like nothing super specific, but I'll always have like, I'm huge on intention candles. That's like mm -hmm. my biggest thing. Mm -hmm. I will carve my intention on my intention candle, which correlates with the color that I'm looking for. So let's say I'm doing something for abundance and wealth and luck. So I'll go with a green intention candle, carve abundance or, you know, whatever specific word I have for the day for abundance. And then I always do like a protection candle and a cleanse candle. Like it's like the dynamic duo. And then on top of that, I'll have like green aventurine, pyrite, because those are the ones for me that vibe with, all right, luck and abundance, mm -hmm. which apparently Moonstone's one for me now as well. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I think it really mostly depends, not even necessarily on what the stone in quotations is supposed to do for you. Mm -hmm. It all, in, like, it depends on what your intention is and manifesting that. Like, mm -hmm. I think manifestation is such a huge thing. Right. And I think crystals just amplify that no matter mm -hmm. what their specific uses are, maybe that are written down in a book or on Wikipedia. Like, I think us as individuals, especially as, you know, spirituals, have so much more power literally just in our brains and all we need are those tools to just like amplify that right and make that stuff happen so like it's hard in a sense to be in the crystal industry and hear so many opposing opinions it's just always interesting for me to hear everyone else's opinions and experiences like i think it's so cool um but at the same time, like, once again, it just comes back to, like, it's such a personal experience. And really, the main consensus is, like, everybody's got this really intense intention for one thing. Mm -hmm. And they're manifesting this one thing. And at the end of the day, like, that manifestation is really what pushes that to mm -hmm. happen in mm -hmm. their lives, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So... I don't know. I feel like it's just, it's really interesting. And I feel like I have like 10 different views <laughs> about metaphysical properties on crystals mm -hmm. because it's just, there's so much. I mean, it's such a vast topic. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I like, I totally feel that. And I totally agree. And I think that it's funny, like by intellectual opinions and thoughts about it versus how I work with them in my daily life. And like on an intuitive level mm. most days i'm not forced to explain why i'm doing what the fuck i'm doing right so i just do shit <laughs> like i'll just be like ah, i want to put this crystal in my pocket and like i don't think about it and i've talked about before i do a lot of like dream work and and spiritual work while i'm sleeping and so all of my crystals live on a shelf above my bed and before i go to bed sometimes i'll be like i want to sleep with a crystal and i like look at them all and then i'm like this one and i don't have a reason yeah like sometimes i'll be like oh like i know that that's a stone for grounding so i must need grounding or sometimes I'll be like, I really want something self-love. So what are my self-love stones? Which one do I want? And like, which one feels right, right? But a lot of times the thought process doesn't even go that far. Right. Yeah. Like a lot of times it's just like, mm, burp, like. Which speaks to intuition. Yes. Like you would be amazed by what happens in your life when you truly let go and put down your wall and just trust your intuition. Mm -hmm. And people talk about it like it's easy. It's not fucking oh easy God. because when you get that first gut feeling, like let's say it's crystals, right? Mm -hmm. So you may have this gut visceral urge to pick the jet. 
on your shelf, right? Yeah. But then you start thinking about it and you're like, well, I know Jet is supposed to be protective. I don't need to be protected from anything. I'm really feeling more like anxious. So should I pick a classic anxiety stone? Yeah. And then you might go with that thinking you're doing the better thing. But actually what you did in that moment is ignore your intuition. Right. Mm -hmm. I discover that a lot about myself, not just with crystals, but in general. And I always figure it out afterwards. And I'm like, shit, I should have went with that first reaction. That's so true. It's so hard too. like when you're the type of person that because for me, and it's like almost kind of a toxic trait, but not. But like I let people influence me so hard. Yeah. Specifically at the casino when <laughs> my boyfriend is telling me to keep betting. And yep. I'm like, no, I have four hundred dollars. I'm not and then I lose it all. Anyway, um <laughs> what? that's like I get so nervous because everyone gets excited. Like yeah. when someone wins money, they're like, keep going. Yeah. You know? And for me, it's like, I don't think I have the best luck in the world. I've been through some of the weirdest, craziest situations in my life enough to realize that like, okay, Gibbs, you don't have, you don't have very good luck. Just, Mm. just accept it Mm -hmm. and do the best you can, you know? But like, it's, it's so funny. I just absorb and I will take people's suggestions and like, just roll with it, even mm. though I know in my heart that I wanted to do this. Yeah. yeah. Because they put me on the spot and said that, like, well, this would be better. I was like, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, also people pleaser, too. So mm. in the moment, it, like, even goes back to me going to Sally's to get hair dye. My mm-hmm. whole plan was to do bright red roots to a hot pink. And what do the girls do there? They're super sweet and wonderful, and I'm not shading at all. But, like, you should do purple roots. So what do I get? purple fucking dye Mm. (laughs) like even though I knew that's not what I wanted I just did it because they were like pushing me to do it Mm -hmm. so it's so hard when like you're trying so hard to just listen to your gut your intuition even if it's on the silliest of things Mm -hmm. I struggle so hard with that yeah yeah it's an ongoing practice you have to be committed to doing that for the rest of your life like it's it's not you never reach a finish line with it. You always have mm-hmm. to practice it. Yeah. I almost feel like in that sense, working with something like crystals can be, if nothing else, a really fun practice and in intuition mm-hmm. because it is so personal yeah. and it is so private. And even like witchcraft in general, right? Like the decisions that you make, you're held accountable to absolutely no one but yourself. Nobody has to know but you. Yeah. And there aren't many areas of our life especially this day and age where we're all on social media all the time there's so much surveillance whether it's at work or or in public or whatever you're doing like it's literally something where nobody's seeing what you're doing nobody's gonna ask you questions about it and you can really just trust yourself and like work through using your intuition and your judgment and not having to like answer or explain yourself like I feel like for people who are wanting to start working with their intuition like go get 10 tumbles and then every morning pick one to hang out with like that's mm -hmm. so cool I love that you just said that because I feel like meditation especially is such an expression of your true self Mm. and for me I've always my entire life been so self-conscious of like judgment and I hate rejection and I hate the thought of people not liking me or thinking I'm weird because uh, to be real I was bullied like for the majority of my life so 
I had that imposter syndrome of like, I'm never going to be a cool person, which is so not true, but you're very cool. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I try. <laughs> but when you're meditating, it's like you're there by yourself. It's the most private and open, safe space that there is. When I used to, I mean, now that I live with my boyfriend, it's a little different. Mm -hmm. And I won't lie, when you're living with somebody and you're trying to do witchcraft and you're trying to meditate, really get into that like deep state, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. Because for me, when I'm sitting down, I have a pillow set up. I used to meditate on my floor in my bedroom and I'd have to uh, stick a towel underneath the crack of my door at my parents' house mm -hmm. <laughs> so that they couldn't smell the Nag Champa mm -hmm. <laughs> and the, the sage, which would like, you know, cover my room in smoke. But I would literally like give myself a hug mm -hmm. and swing back and forth and just say out loud, like, you are beautiful, you are strong, you are loved, like just mm -hmm. constant positive affirmations. Um, and I think it's, just such a beautiful thing. And that's like, I think why it's helped my mental health so much and helped me kind of get back to that confident, vibrant, bubbly self, mm, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. even until, I mean, last year was a tough year. The last, since 2020, it's been a yeah. fucking wreck. Mm. Um, I think for most people, but me especially, I went through some really intense, intense mental health stuff. And I went from having, you know, generalized anxiety, which was a cakewalk compared to what I deal with now. But I went from that to having a full-blown panic disorder and yeah. not being able to function at all yeah. as a normal human on top of there being a pandemic. And like, oh, now I'm agoraphobic because there's a virus out there and I have no idea what the hell is going on. But moving past that, I think that, you know, 2020 in a way also like really was healing in a way of yeah. like, well, now I'm now I'm in this crazy, super unfamiliar mindset. And now I'm meditating harder than I ever have in my mm -hmm. life. Same. And I found myself like spiritually in the best way ever. Like yeah. I had never, ever experienced a lot of the stuff. I mean... I saw, I think I told you, did I tell you about the vision that I had one night when I was wide awake? So there was one night I had just gotten done actually. And it was like, I would wait till witching hour because we had nothing else to do. I was like at home, right? you know, we're locked up. You won't let me out. And I was laying in bed. I still remember it vividly. Mm -hmm. It was just on my phone and like, it was late, but I wasn't tired. I was mm -hmm. wide awake. And all of a sudden I look up from my phone and I'm laying in a bed and like this weird, not weird, but very cozy, I'm assuming beach house because there was a window. The walls were like a forest green. Mm. The trim was white and outside it was cloudy out. It was kind of like rainy, but like a soothing, like kind of rainy feel. And you just see a palm tree like waving in the window, right? But it wasn't a big, big window. Like that's all you could see was the sky and this tree. And I didn't know who was with me. I didn't like, it was the weirdest full body experience. All I felt was such deep love mm. and content. And I never, and to this day, I've never experienced anything like that again. It was mm. the coolest thing. That's so cool. Yeah. It gives me like chills talking mm -hmm. about it. But it just was such a moment. And it, when I had that moment, I'm like, oh my God, like, wow, I really must be getting to something here. Like something's, yeah. I'm doing something right, you know? But I think it's really important too, and this also relates, but to go into ritual, especially with tarot cards, and let me know if you guys relate to this, but mm -hmm. going into it with a positive mindset and a clean slate. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like any time that I've done ritual or read my tarot 
with a bad mindset of like, oh, it's just gonna, it's just gonna be negative again. Like it's gonna be negative, bitch. The right. universe is gonna be like, uh, okay, like mm-hmm. screw you then. If you're gonna come in, if you're gonna want to speak to us mm-hmm. with that kind of attitude, then we're not gonna give you good news. Like mm-hmm. because the biggest thing that I've learned now, oh, full circle. Here we go. Love getting to my point. It never happens. Um, <laughs> is specifically this year, I realized that things are what you make it. You know, mm-hmm. like, and I've been trying to adapt a more positive mindset and like telling myself, no, things are going to work out for you. Like you're doing great. Mm-hmm. It's all good. And that last tarot reading that I had done recently that I was talking to you guys about earlier was the most empowering and positive and just, I had such a good feeling about it. And I was so excited to read my cards. Mm-hmm. When I pulled them out, I just lit some sage, sage the hell out of myself. I was like feeling good, taking a waft, you know, mm-hmm. like this is amazing. And it just was the best outcome. And I think that's so important. Going into ritual meditation is so important because it gets yeah. you there. Mm-hmm. It, it relaxes, you know, your nervous system and your body and just lets you just clear your mind. And sometimes it takes a few times for you to get to that point, especially when you're first starting out. But yeah, I think it's it's so important. I'm sorry that that was such a tangent, but we made it. (laughs) That is all amazing. I love bringing the podcast in a direction where we're really like philosophically talking about what being a witch is Mm -hmm. and, and different people's perspectives on magic. And as I'm sitting here listening to you talk, I'm thinking of witchcraft versus magic practitioner and if i was to put a label on myself i almost think like i would more align with being a magic practitioner yeah because and this is like fully my personal experience not anything i've seen or judging anyone else this is from me actually doing these things there's been times in my life where it served me to not meditate not light a damn herb in my cauldron and just run into my room and and fucking throw some shit together and light that candle or make that spell jar and it was a catharsis it was a it was what i needed at that moment and yet there is a part of me that needs to completely get into trance before i do anything of the sort Mm -hmm. so like to me that's almost where it's it's interesting like i in my opinion i think a witch can be which we've said on the podcast before like a witch can simply align their mental state, manifestations, values, etc., with the herbal tea they've concocted with the candle they're burning versus like a traditional magic practitioner or ritualist will make it more of a production and will Mm -hmm. like feel the need to get into a trance meditative state before partaking in anything like that. Yeah. And that really is more where I lean in a way, but I do both. So it's like, it's a really interesting dynamic. And that's, that's why like the perspectives are so cool to me because there, there is no one way to be a, a spiritual person. Absolutely. For sure. Like there, yes, there's, I wouldn't even call them rules. There's ethics. Yeah. Thank God. (laughs) But they're not restrictive. Like, you you can have a set of values, a set of morals, and fucking Mm. run with it, and it can look like whatever you want it to look Mm -hmm. like. Yeah. So thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's so important to hear different people's experiences and practices 
because otherwise, how would you know that you have options? I, know. I feel like so much of getting into spirituality is so weird because you find people online and most of them tell you that you have to do things a certain way mm-hmm. yeah. and they don't tell you any of the actual useful information, frankly. Literally. Like, they Literally. leave out all of the stuff that could actually help you and just tell you, well, you have to use Onyx in this specific way or you're going to die. Yeah. And it's like, it's so dramatic and excessive. And so I hope you guys are also enjoying hearing three different practitioners talk about their three very different experiences and also like validate one another in that like I think just goes to show you that yeah it can look anyway yeah yeah it's always comes back to like it's such a personal experience and nobody can invalidate you yeah yeah I struggled with that for years like I never felt good enough to be Mm -hmm. to call myself a Wiccan or right because I had friends at the time who I worked with at the crystal shop that and they never made me feel like purposely feel that way but they did so much with the ritual and they did sacrificial stuff and they were you know talking to Hecate talking to different goddesses and gods and here I am like my fingers I'm like uh, I'm just over here like Mm. I meditate I'm learning tarot and I just felt very like I like I have imposter syndrome like I feel like I can't call myself spiritual because I'm not doing x y and z realistically there's no there's no schedule you have to follow no like of course full moon and new moon are like sick days to do stuff you know but you can do it any day of the week. You shouldn't. Right. It shouldn't be a pressured thing. It should be something to help you and guide you and navigate you in the healthiest way. You yeah. know, it shouldn't be like some type of pressure for you, you know. Right. That really brings me back to a conversation that we started with basically about <laughs> gatekeeping. Yes. Because I think that that point really gets at how I feel about the concept of gatekeeping, which is that if you especially outside of online, although it's online too, but Mm. I will say once I started working at a metaphysical shop and meeting other witches, self-identified witches in real life, there's a lot of posturing and there's a lot of people who will say things offhandedly about working with Hecate or getting messages from deities In a way that makes you feel like if you don't have a direct line to Jesus Christ himself, you're not a witch. Literally. Yeah. And that is not real witchcraft to me. It's not. No. People feel like they have to put on a show for other people to prove that they're a witch. And to me, the only thing that determines if you're a witch or not is your personal connection to it. Yeah. And you'll know. I know. You'll know if that label feels right to you. You'll know if you're embodying that. And it's it's not about what you can do Mm -hmm. or how impressive your resume of witchcraft is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, that always, that was always so tough for me. Mm -hmm. I I just never felt, it really wasn't until I started Virgo Vibes and at first it was just wire wrapping pendants. Mm -hmm. Like it was really nothing, nothing like it is now. It's become, like, the coolest thing now. I'm so excited about it. But once I started creating these items, and the biggest thing was, like, okay, let's see what people think. Like, do they like it? Are they offended? Like, what's going to (laughs) happen? And everyone was so specifically, 
at my boyfriend's crystal shop at the stone stash. Um, <laughs> he would kill me if I didn't say it. Like <laughs> <laughs> we'll put all the info in the description. Of you course. Guys can check it out. <laughs> um, a lot of my regulars who knew me at the crystal shop, especially so incredibly supportive and also like same wavelength related to a lot that I did gave me tips asked for advice I love how much of an actual real family it became of just like wow we're all here to lift each other up and support each other and that's something that my the foundation of my business is yeah it's just like I would not have a the opportunity to do any of this stuff or be like the drive to do it if it weren't for those people constantly yeah. saying, this is awesome. This simply made me feel good. I'm like, I don't even, you don't even have to be specific and tell me that this made me super rich or like, yeah. it's like, as long as you're, you lit one of my candles and you said, this gave me comfort. Mm. That's all that matters to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even, I'm not sitting here trying to say that my stuff is going to make something happen for you. It's all about your intention and once again, manifestation, but as long as it makes you happy. Like that's all that I, I mm-hmm. care about. And so I think having Virgo vibes has validated me more in my spirituality than ever. That's amazing. People are just, they've been so sweet. And I'm not used to that, mm. especially in this industry because it is yeah. really cutthroat. But it's been a really, really beautiful blessing in my life for Yay. sure. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I love that so much. Yeah. Really? So sweet. So going back to crystals, which is what brought us all here today. I have some questions for you. I have some answers. I am very curious about about the more, I don't know what you would call it, geological side, because I have only become well-versed on the metaphysical side. Yeah. So, like, is there anything you can share with myself, Alyssa, our listeners, about, like, identifying fate crystals, Mm. red flags to look for? Uh, if, if you feel comfortable talking about like price gouging and like what Mm -hmm. actual value is versus what they resell for. I'm also really curious to hear about what it means to do ethical mining. Mm -hmm. Any and all thoughts you want to share on that, I would be super interested to hear. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm excited. Yeah. (laughs) There's so much to say and I'm trying to like gather my thoughts in an organized way. No, I'm sorry. I just put every bullet point in my head (laughs) in one question. Like, my brain is so chaotic. (laughs) Okay, so fake crystals. Let's start with that one. Yeah. That one's fun. Yeah. I hate fake crystals. Yep. I could lose my mind over fake crystals. Anytime Steve and I have gotten fake crystals in the shop, we do not sell them. Right. We're like, no. Unless it's like, there's certain things that are man-made that I know not everyone's a fan of. Personally... The only one that I really enjoy is blue goldstone only for the fact that it's sparkly and blue. Mm. That's it. Like it's mm-hmm. it's very much like an aesthetic thing of like, this is really cute and shiny. <laughs> and the customers actually love blue goldstone, which is so funny. I'm like, everyone knows this. I mean, we're very honest. Like yeah. this is yeah. man-made, man. Like this is glass. And they're like, we don't care. It's purple and sparkly. Yeah. But the biggest one specifically is malachite that I get very angry over. Okay. Because I love malachite so much. The way that you can tell if malachite is fake, you can tell in the patterning because a lot of times I feel like it looks like Saturn 
when it's fake. It's mm-hmm. just a bunch of rings mm-hmm. and like almost looks, you have to look up close a little bit, but it looks like it's printed on. Like mm-hmm. it almost looks a little too uniform. And it's sometimes it's hard because we actually got some aquamarine in the store and our co-worker's wife, Steph, mentioned like, oh, I saw this video the other day of some guy lighting aquamarine on fire and saying it was fake. So we got curious because we had aqua tumbles. What did they do? They lit on fire <gasps> and they slightly like burnt and melted a little bit. And we were like, are these plastic? Were yeah. we juiced? Like, Aww. so it's sometimes they're really good at faking them. And that's right. the scary part. Right. Holy shit. You know? And especially too, like, I will, I am going to expose citrine a little bit. I was hoping you would. Mm-hmm. So there, there is natural citrine out there. I'm not going to say there isn't, but the really bright, vibrant, yellow citrine that we all know and love is actually heat-treated amethyst. It's not, it's, that's not a natural color. It doesn't change my opinion on it. I still love it. Like, I know it's still amethyst. Right. You know? Yeah. But that's, that's actually heat-treated. And what's another one? A lot of people love opalite and they don't realize that it's just glass. They think it's opal. Like a ton of people. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. opalite's so funny because at work people are always like, "Is this opal?" And I'll be like, "It's opalite." And they're then they'll turn to their friend and be like, "This is opal." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm always like, yeah. Oh. I mean, <laughs> what am I gonna do? Right. I feel an extra type of anger about that because opal is my birthstone, and I'm oh. like, "Fuck you!" Not opalite. Opal. Opal birthstone people are very intense about opal, Mm -hmm. I've noticed. I'm pissed. Like (laughs) you should be. Yeah. You have the right. Yeah. Oh my god. No, I was gonna ask. I've I've heard both sides debated, because I also worked in a metaphysical shop. Mm -hmm. Carnelian, brown, red, agate, are those the same thing? Technically, carnelian is agate. Right. But I wouldn't that's a tough one because I don't feel like they're the same. Like, I feel like Carnelian has kind of a specific look to it. Yeah. But sometimes it, things blend a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of those, like, blurred lines. But that is tough because it goes along with flower agate. Lots of times mm-hmm. can have Carnelian in it. Mm-hmm. So it's t- that one's a really good question. That one's tough. But I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone call it brown, red agate, or vice versa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But... This is something that we, like, find ourselves talking about a lot at the shop that I work at, too, because the reality of the situation is Carnelian is our word Mm -hmm. for the rock. It's not its own thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, like... These categories don't exist naturally. Mm -hmm. Right. Things grow next to each other. There's, you know, especially... When you get into it with crystals, there's carnelian, there's fire agate, there's, oh, what's the one that starts with an S? Is it sardonyx? Sardonyx. Sardonyx. Yes. That one bothers me. I don't know why. Sardonyx confuses the shit out <laughs> but of me. But that's what's yeah. so frustrating yeah. is that yeah. those are all red agates. Yeah. And agate, by definition, is translucent quartz with banding. Mm-hmm. So they all have banding. Yeah. They're all red agates. Like, how do you draw the line? I know. You don't. They're, know. they're trade names. They're how exactly. we market them. Yeah. Well, that's you know? the thing that people, I think, don't realize. Yeah. It's like, there's a lot of stones out there that just have funny names because people thought it would be better and sell it. Literally. What's a good example? Blue rose quartz. <laughs> I could lose my shit. <laughs> 
rose quartz, okay? I've you actually like, never heard of that. What is blue rose quartz? It's oh my god! It's also known as dusky rose quartz. Like what is this? Do mirti do demordiorite quartz? That's oh, what yeah. I was gonna ask. Just if it was demordiorite. That's so stupid. And they, it's not blue rose quartz. It's blue quartz. It's like yeah. why? Yeah. Like but they're like oh well, it looks a little different. So we're just gonna name it blue aventurine. That blue quartz. It's just blue quartz. Just call it blue quartz. It is just quartz. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's. Blue Aventurine. There's no, you know, I like some things. Yes. There's also Mugglestone, right? Which is. I don't know that. Never heard of that. Just Tiger's Eye that has heavy hematite inclusions. Mm. Mm Oh. Which is a fun name. I like Harry Potter personally. And Mugglestone makes me feel like it's a rock you'd find at Hogwarts or something. Mm, I don't know. But there's so, so many that I could pop off on that like they just use it to make money, which is fine. You know, whatever. You want to call it whatever. I mean, there's also like, like Rainbow Lattice Sunstone, right? And then. This one I don't mind because I also love the guy that did it. But the mine owner, his name is Darren. He's a wonderful human. He He's the one that discovered Rainbow Lattice Sunstone in the 1900s. Uh, I can't remember. if it, I don't want to be incorrect. So I, I can't remember if it was like in the 60s or 70s, but it was back then around that time, I think. He also, there was another stone that is technically Rainbow Lattice Sunstone, but he called it Eclipsite because it doesn't mm. have that latticing and mm. the lattice lining. It just has the shiller of moonstone. And sometimes it has that confetti sparkle of mm. sunstone. Mm. So he was like, I thought Eclipsite was cute. And mm. so I, I put it on that, which that's fine. Like mm. it's still in the same family. And it's not like he was, he was just like, well, I need to think of a name for it. I discovered yeah. it, you know, or even like Uperlites. And I'm even afraid to say that on here because people have been sued for using that name. It's actually fluorescent sodalite that you can find on, I believe, Ontario Lake. Uperlite is patented. I didn't know that. And when we got it in at the shop that I work at, it was sold to us under the trade name of Flamestone. What? Yeah. I've never heard of any of this. Yeah. It's actually a very cool stone. It to me it makes the most sense to call it fluorescent sodalite because mm. there have been pieces that we got in that was like oh this is very blatantly sodalite it's just right. has that UV reactive it's it looks like a lava rock under UV like it's cool. really cool just a bunch of orange splotches there are so many stones like that like now mm. that you frame it that way and I just there's like golden healer quartz mm-hmm. which is a hematoid but it's mm-hmm. a golden hematoid yeah as opposed to like a really like bloody hematoid yeah which. A mm. lot of people call fire quartz the like bloodier hematoids. Yeah. Like, what? That's why it's so <laughs> confusing, especially yeah. when you're going to like a metaphysical shop versus like, I mean, Stone Stash is first and foremost a rock shop. Yeah. So you go, you're getting the real names of things. Nobody's peddling it to you as like a cure all for anything. Yeah. But if you go into the shop that I work at, the emphasis is metaphysical. So we're mm-hmm. going to be using a lot more of those silly colloquial names. Yeah. Which makes it really hard to understand, like, what is this actual rock? Right. <laughs> so That's hard. why, like, yeah. I think when I met Steve, it was really cute, actually. When we first started texting and stuff, he would give me, what's the word? Like, pop quizzes every week. 
So he would give me a lesson. The first lesson was on sulfates. Mm. I can't remember what it was. I'm not going to lie. It's been a long, it's been like three years, but. And every week he is like the scientific encyclopedia when it comes to crystals. Like if you want to know how something formed, the locality, he has taught me so much because I was heavy on the metaphysical base. Like I knew what stones were because we were, you know, I was at working at that other crystal shop, which was a metaphysical shop. Right. But he really taught me a lot. He's really exposed. I'm very grateful for the amount of people and experiences with crystals he's exposed me to. Yeah. Including mining for crystals. That's a whole another topic to dive into of, A, it's really not easy, but there is no better feeling in the world than pulling a Herkimer diamond out of the ground. There's absolutely nothing like it. Mm -hmm. And the third time I had been mining at this mine that we're sponsored by, I pulled out of the ground a three-pound Herkimer diamond perfectly terminated both tips on each I feel like I need to like explain these terms that I'm saying (laughs) double terminated means it has points on each side and this crystal had little to no flaws Mm. it had phantoms on the inside like smokiness happening rainbows in it Mm. I actually ended up selling it because Mm. I really needed the money for bills and also once again goes back to I went into that day with a positive attitude, not expecting to find crystals, just there to have fun. And mm. I pulled out one of the single nicest crystals that they found at that mine. Ugh. So in my head, I was like, well, I don't feel bad for having to sell this because I feel like it was a gift from the universe. Mm-hmm. Because, it, you know, someone up there knew I was struggling with money. I was yeah. really, really yeah. stressed out. Um, do I miss that crystal? Every single day. I mm-hmm. dream about it often. But there is no better feeling than pulling crystals out of the ground. And we've also been to Utah, to Topaz Mountain. We've mined Topaz, which was an amazing experience. That's so cool. Um, we also mined Obsidian, which was really easy. That There was like this random spot. I shouldn't say easy because that was a hell of a day. But <laughs> it was in the middle of nowhere. And it was literally just collecting off the ground. There was just tons and tons we had a full shoebox filled with at least 20 to 30 pounds of obsidian in it. And then mm. we each got a giant boulder of it, which we ended up getting polished and, and kind of cut a little bit oh. at the house. Obsidian is the coolest. It really is. Obsidian is so fucking cool. Such a good vibe, man. Yeah. Like, I love mine. That's my dream. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. I, I highly recommend it. I think we were in Joseph, Utah, if I'm correct. I don't know. It, that, that day was like a blur because... We were driving to this glamping site. (laughs) Afterwards, it got really dark. We're in a Toyota Camry driving 30 miles down this dirt road where there, it was pitch black. There's no humans anywhere nearby. And there were just a bunch of free range cattle, like walking in the road. (laughs) We're going like 10 miles an hour, like, oh my God. And they just kept like running next to us. And like, there was a baby cow in the middle of the road. And it just... It was so cute, but also, like, incredibly terrifying. Yes. We thought that we were going to, like, accidentally run into a cow, and Mm -hmm. my heart could not handle that. And that, (laughs) you know the, in Mario Kart, the one track that has cows, Moo Moo Meadows? Yes. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. (laughs) You were in real life Moo Moo Meadows. That (laughs) Leaning towards that ethically sourced crystals. Ethically sourced is definitely when it comes, like, minor direct we are considered minor direct because we mine our own Herkimer diamonds. 
not all of them. We do buy them, but all of them are also mined by our friends mm-hmm. at mines, you know, that we've been to multiple times. And But I think that relates more to, like, overseas, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. there is a lot of that kind of slave labor, and it's not the most ethical way for, you know, yeah. um, people being super underpaid to go in these caves and mines and, yeah, not, not the best way to get crystals. But right. sometimes it can be hard to like distinguish that yeah. too. Luckily for us, like we have certain wholesalers and also like we know a lot of mine owners, which is really, really cool that are genuinely good people that we get our supply from. So that's really helpful when it comes to like having ethically sourced crystals. I, I do just want to say like, you're saying luckily for us, but that's also like, I think really speaks to your and Steve's integrity yeah. that it's important to you yeah. to know who you're working with and, and have people that you trust because a lot of people just don't give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. They'll just try to find the best deal or whatever they can and go buy a bunch of crystals they have no idea where they came from mm-hmm. like it's the same with that palo santo i got because yeah. i know that mm-hmm. how controversial especially as of late palo santo has been because mm-hmm. there have been conversations about it being unethical and some of the practices and whatever and for me i was i got it from another small business which was really cool mm-hmm. and you know i was able to be like okay this is ethically sourced they are very solid solid with that as well so It's just, that's so important. Like, I would never want to sell a product to someone else that was in any shape or form, like, negative. Like, found in a negative way or collected in a negative way. I feel like it's just bad juju all around, you know? Yes. I feel like I learned so much. It's so interesting to me. Yeah. It's really fun, and it's a lot of information to take in. And sometimes I don't realize how much I have absorbed until, like, like my sister came into the shop one day. She's not literate in crystals, but she loves them. She mm. and like, she loves what I do. She's, like, the best sister in the world. But she came in one day, and a customer brought in just, like, a plethora of rocks, mm. you know. And they were nothing crazy, um, just, like, found rocks they found locally. And we're like, hey, can you identify these? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I'm talking about all of the inclusion inclusions in them and what's how they formed and just just all this different stuff and my sister was like oh my god you know so much and I was like what do you mean like that was it's just just like a normal conversation yeah it was like an easier conversation for me than I guess most are because I feel like some conversations in the stash we have some really really intelligent people that come in and I will never like I'll be open about like I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about (laughs) yeah but I respect it (laughs) but it's really humbling and it's really fun to be able to talk about it and share that knowledge and like I don't know help other people learn too yeah it's really cool because it's it's validating for me and reassuring that like okay yeah I do I do actually care a lot about this huh like I must be passionate enough to have like absorbed all of this and be able to regurgitate it on an arcane dames (laughs) podcast right no yeah this has been so enriching and thank you for sharing with us yeah absolutely anytime (laughs) oh yeah no i'm so grateful that you were able to come on to the podcast and Mm -hmm. that we were able to finally talk about this topic hopefully people are into it and maybe if you're listening and you have any questions or you want anything elaborated on i mean who knows maybe we could do a part two have a sequel with your questions yeah another crystal episode lord knows there's enough to talk about i know (laughs) 
so yes. much. We could just do a Q&A, you guys. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so, so true. Send it to us. DM us. Yes. We're here. Yes. Yeah, but definitely uh, check out the Stone Stash and check out Virgo Vibes. Gabby makes really awesome stuff. The Stone Stash does really cool live sales if you want to see some cool rocks, if you want to see what a rainbow lattice sunstone looks like <laughs> check out website, yeah. check out the website the instagram all that good stuff yeah. and Alyssa reads there on saturdays that's she so does. true i reeled her in i'm so excited. yes <laughs> it's been really fun and i've only i've only been there one day actually because then the holiday hit but but I'm excited to be there every week. I know. We're so excited to have you. Seriously. It's, awesome. it's such it's so refreshing yes! <laughs> to have you there. So. It's so fun. Yay. Yay. Awesome. So plug all your social media handles, yes. website, tell them whatever they oh, need God. to know. Yeah. So if anybody knows the Whatnot app is, I highly recommend downloading it. Um, I do live sales on there, and my name is just at Virgo Vibes. Nothing special. Uh, my name on Instagram is underscore Virgo underscore vibes. And then you can also just find me as Virgo vibes on Facebook as well. Honestly, I am primarily active, especially with sales on whatnot. So I would go and check that out. And then you can find the stone stash. Pretty simple. It's just the stone stash on every social media or www.thestonestash.com. Oh, and I do have a website too. You could check out www.virgovibes.biz. So... That's all. That's about it. And as always, you can find me at Mel of Wands pretty much everywhere. Melofwands.com. Pretty basic. <laughs> Absolutely. Same for me. Cooperative Magic.com. Cooperative Magic. There's an underscore on one of them. Check, check below. <laughs> Scroll down. But yeah, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.